with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day to you. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me today is someone who has been on the show before, but up a long time. She is a author and paranormal investigator. Uh, among other things, I would have to say, she is uh, Joni Mayhem. 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 How, How the hell can I screw your name up? <laughs> no, you wouldn't be the first, so don't worry about you it. You know, I, I'm nothing without Jan. I mean, without Anne. Can't even get her name right. Uh, so <laughs> it's J O N I, which is pronounced. Joni. Joni. It would be like Joni without the A. Right. Okay. And Mayhem? Mayhem? Mayhem. Mayhem. Yep, Mayhem. Okay, because I could want to say Mayhem. Oh, Mayhem. <laughs> Whatever. I know. All right. So well, anyways. That, that would actually fit, so <laughs> that's yeah, fine. You, you and me both, especially this show. <laughs> uh so thank you so much for joining the show. And uh, like I said, it's it's been a while since we spoke with you. You have written a bunch of books. You've you used to be up in my area, and, and now you're someplace else. Uh, and <laughs> uh, connected with something. And that's the first thing I want to ask you: is New Harmony? What is what is that? Well, um, seven seven years ago, I decided to move back to my home state of Indiana. And I ended up in the little historic town of New Harmony, Indiana. And the minute I got here as a medium, I was picking up on so many hauntings. So I finally started asking people about what the deal was, because this place is condensed with hauntings, more so than anywhere else I've ever been. And uh, so I started getting the stories and uh, started kind of poking around and ended up writing a book called Haunted New Harmony. And after I wrote it, I thought, well, this is so much fun. I, I, I love talking about the stories. So I decided to create a ghost walk business based on my book. And this is a tourist town. So people come here for the history and just for the peace and tranquility. It's a beautiful little town. And uh, my ghost walks have been doing really well. This is my sixth year. So I'm a owner operator. I have four employees that do ghost walks now. And we also do public investigations. I just set up a new one today that we're going to do in November. So we just have a good time. It's it's a fun little town. It's a golf cart community. So everybody drives around on golf carts. And uh, it's just pretty amazing. I would never picture anybody going to Indiana for vacation. <laughs> well, I didn't go for vacation. I grew up in this area. Um, I know but uh, you, don't, you don't sound it. You um, almost sound. You almost sound New England. Yeah, it. You know, well, it kind of has a New England vibe to it. But you know, surrounding towns, people come here 
because it's different. It's like stepping yeah. back in time. There's a lot of you know 19th century buildings that are pristine. They look just like they did back in the day. Uh, the town wow. puts money into the buildings and uh, just preserves everything. And you know, it's a perfect little environment. It's it's a it's a quirky little town too. It's very interesting. A lot of art and a lot of statues here and there that you don't expect, and just really gardens, hidden gardens and I don't know. It's hard to describe without coming here. Yeah, the uh, I, I give you credit, but uh, ghost tours are actually they're a lot of work, of course, because you have a schedule and you have to deal with it, and you also have to deal with the public as well. But uh, I mean, I had to do well, not had to, but I, I used to do haunted tours for the the Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses uh, before we the Coast Guard took over and knocked us out of there but anyways and they were fun to do i mean they would work but you know just seeing people's faces and and hearing their their stories because they always have stories you find that the same way with you oh definitely definitely every it's like every tour is different based on who shows up and you, you can get a group that's really interactive and they're a lot of fun all night uh, we had a ghost walk this last saturday that was just um, I don't know, bizarre, strange, um, great group of people. I really enjoyed them. We had 16 people and there were two tour guides. We sometimes will double up and go back and forth with the stories, especially when it's really hot. It gives the other person a chance to catch their breath in between, you know, their, their stories. But, um, uh, people kept getting paranormal pictures all night. They kept stopping me and saying, look at this, there's something in the window. And <laughs> I, you know, I will tell you, I'm a big skeptic on most paranormal pictures. I'm going to look at it and I'm probably going to say, yeah, it's paradelia. Uh, you're probably just, you know, seeing something that's, you know, looks like a face, but it's just tree branches or something. But everybody's pictures were pretty compelling. And then I got home and I looked at my pictures that I'd taken because I take pictures along the way and I post them up on our Facebook page for Haunted New Harmony. Mm -hmm. And there was one picture with something in it that I have never seen before. And I'm still trying to figure out what it is. It was lit up. Uh, it it looked, really looked like an alien holding um, a red beam of light. I can't describe it. it the whole thing glowed. Um you know, I can't get any, there was nothing there when I took the picture and I can't get any um, feedback. You know, everybody looks at it and says, well, it looks like an alien coming out of a portal. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what it looks like. But is there a logical exclamation for it? So mm -hmm. I just reached out to uh, Frank Grace, who I'm sure you're aware of, the famous yeah. photographer from New England, and sent it to him to see if he had any input. It, could a camera, could a cell phone camera do some kind of glitch that would create this. Um, so I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh, that was one wild night. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw your pictures on uh, Facebook. Uh, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but I did see them uh, as well. Yeah, it was like a reddish thing. Yeah, blue and yeah. red. Um, when you yeah. zoom in on it, it looks like an alien face with eyes and a mouth. And it was... It was bizarre, um, you know, and I'm still not convinced it's paranormal. I mean, in my world, if something's too good to be true, it's probably not true. Like, you need to find every possible explanation before you call it paranormal. And that's just how I operate, you know, when in doubt, throw it out. But I can't figure this one out. I don't know. <laughs> you know what Steve, do you think I, about it? Steve, uh, I really, honestly, I didn't look at it that really that 
closely. Yeah. Uh, so I try not to comment on pitches. That's so that's why I don't do that. But Steve and I were actually talk, talking about it on the previous show, uh, Ghost Chronicles International. And we were answered the question. One of the questions was, how would you know if you get a ghost uh, in either a, a camera or a video with Paradola and all that other stuff? And we both answered saying you wouldn't. Be, first of all, even if you did, most people wouldn't believe it because of the technology we have now is so, uh, right. you know, so easy to manipulate. Uh, so we, we both kind of agreed that the, the best way to, to do anything and really, if you really want to like try to prove something would be uh, using the old uh, analog camera, the old film mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's quite different. Uh, doesn't mean it can't be manipulated, but it takes a lot, lot, lot more work. You'd actually, we're talking about because you have a negative, which makes right. it much more difficult. But yeah, it, you would never, how would you know if you got a ghost or not? If you did, I mean, I, I always, I, somebody sent me a picture from Atlanta, Georgia. It was this uh, black woman and she was standing in front of a fountain. And she says, what do you think of this ghost picture? And I, I'm looking at it, I says, I don't see the ghost. She says, the little girl, she wasn't there when, uh, when I took the picture, when we took the picture. And of course, I have no clue. She looked as real as you and me. Right. But I wasn't there, so I can't tell. She, was she there? Was she wasn't there? So, I mean, I would, you're skeptical. You're saying, yeah, she's so clear. She's so so much like a real person. That must be a real person, right? So even if that was a ghost, we would still have our doubts on it. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, people forget and they don't, I mean, you don't remember every picture, every situation where you take pictures. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's got, there has to be some doubt. I've seen some paranormal pictures where there has been something in the background and they've said the same thing. Nobody else was in the building. But, you know, again, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. Um, yeah. par- paranormal pictures are so difficult to capture. I mean, I haven't seen too many of them that I really do believe. And the thing is, too, is we're not there, so we we really can't even judge from the the moment. Uh, you know, that's the easiest thing. You can't even use your own uh, uh, memory or anything to say, okay, yeah, I, I don't remember anybody being there. You can't even go that far. So you right. know, yeah, right. you know, right. you have absolutely nothing to go by. Uh, right. So, Johnny, before we get any farther, and I want to get this out, how can people get a, a hold of you? about your books, uh, where are they available, and also uh, the uh, new Haunted New Harmony tours? Um, well, I mean, I've, I'm on I'm online. I have a website, um, hauntednewharmony.com or joanimahan.com. They go to the same place. Um, I have a Facebook page. I have Instagram, TikTok, or they could email me at Joni Mahan at gmail.com or haunted new harmony at gmail.com. I have uh, accounts there as well. So, uh, but to sign up for a ghost walk, haunted new harmony.com, and there's a calendar of events that you can access. And if you haven't taken a ghost uh, walk or a ghost tour, then, you know, I highly recommended it. Uh, you know, before I was even interested in the paranormal and ghosts or whatever, I took my family to. Uh, Williamsburg, and they had a mm-hmm. uh, candlelight ghost tour, and we took it because it sounded like fun, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So even if you don't believe in ghosts, 
but it's great fun. Plus, you get history lesson at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. It's the best place. It's the best way to learn about an area because they're going to take you to the popular spots. You're going to learn something about the history, the buildings. Uh, you know, a lot of our ghost walk isn't even ghosts. It's a lot of uh, interesting stories about people that live there. Or we'll talk about architecture or just funny things that happened. And, you know, then we'll share a ghost story. But if we just have fun. Everybody leaves smiling. And that's always my goal. They have to leave smiling. So and they do. God in this world right now, we all need a good smile. We do, definitely. <laughs> so you, you do have a little bit of levity in, in it as well? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I've written 25 books. I've studied a lot of paranormal. Oh, bless you, 25? 25, yep, 25 books. Oh, and wow. I've studied. I've been I've been investigating for over 15 years now, and uh, I, I really made it my goal to. I'm all, I'm all in when I do something, and uh, same went with paranormal investigating. I I really sought out uh, mentors to work with, and I really tried to learn the best way that I could, and and got out and really practiced and ex, you know tr experimented, tried different things, and um, you know it's been it's been a lot of fun. And very now, interesting. You, when you do these ghost tours, do you like uh, do you use like any equipment or anything, or, or is it just uh, the walking tour? I shouldn't say just the walking tour. Yeah. Um, we, well, I have actually have two tours now. Um, they go in different parts of town, and mm -hmm. one of them we do end up in a place called Church Park. It's where the old Harmonist Church once sat two hundred years ago. And it's now turned into a park with a fountain. It's beautiful. And we will go there and sit. There's plenty of benches and rocks to sit on in the fountain itself. And I'll bring dowsing rods. And I always bring one of the guests up and teach them how to use dowsing rods. And we'll do a dowsing rod session. Oh, cool. um, and on occasion, we will bring equipment. Um, I used to bring K2 meters. But unless you have everybody silencing or turning their phones off, yeah. you're going to get you know, interference from cell phones and uh, false positives and people get all excited. And then you have to tell them, oh, it's probably the guy behind you's cell phone because he didn't turn it off. And so I kind of quit bringing equipment um, this this Saturday that we are uh, going to bring a spirit box and probably an SLS camera to see what we can get because of that paranormal picture. So we're going to uh, stop the ghost walk right there at that spot where we got the picture and we're going to try to debunk it, try to take different pictures, but we're also going to bring out some paranormal equipment and just see if there's anything there that'll talk to us. So it'll be a special one, but normally no. Ah, so you do your adaptives and your goes to us at times. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, we switch it up. Sometimes we try to do different things. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do these tours, uh, you have like, do you say four people working for you? I do. Yes. Uh, do they dress up or is it, uh, you know, come as you are? Um, we we all have um, Haunted New Harmony shirts and hoodies and jackets that we wear. Um, we take we take the ghost walks more from the paranormal investigator 
standpoint instead of the more theatrical. I know a lot okay. of people will dress up. Now, Halloween, the week of Halloween, we do all dress up and we spend a lot of time and a lot of money trying to get these really cool costumes. So, and we encourage our guests to dress up as well. And then when we're not doing a tour, we hide in the bushes and kind of jump out at the groups as they walk by. So, <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. Funny. So Halloween's a whole different animal. We always look forward to that every year. <laughs> so you've written uh, 25 books and uh, do you have a favorite book that's, that we, when you really wrote, you really enjoyed writing. I know, I'm sure you enjoyed writing them all. But, oh my uh, goodness. Um, yeah, some of my favorites, I mean, it's hard to pick one. Um, <laughs> Bones in the Basement, um, the S.K. Pierce Haunted Victorian Mansion. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I was on, you, you guys were doing a TV show and I was on there with that at one point uh, with you and Anne. Um, <laughs> and that one's done really well over the years. And I'm glad, I really feel good that I got Edwin and Lillian's story down because there were so many different versions of it. There were so many legends and wives' tales and mistruths that were told. And, you know, I really worked hard on that one. I interviewed a ton of people and uh, spent a lot of time at the library researching uh, old articles. And um, so I feel like I got it right as you know, good as we could have gotten it at that point. So I'm glad we got that done. And people are still buying that book because the Victorian has finally finished. Uh, they've finished the renovations and it's beautiful now. I don't know if you've been there since they finished, but it is just gorgeous. I was just going to ask you that because, uh, you know, the last time I was there was when Edwin and uh, was there. So uh, I have no idea what it looks like now, but it was in rough shape then. It was. And, and um, the new owner has put a ton of money into it and he did more of a restoration. So, I mean, he hired uh, a company that specializes in restoring old buildings and they would take things like take an old Corval where they only had one because the other ones had rotted away over time and they would reproduce those so that they could put them back up uh, and look like they did before. So they, they did a phenomenal job and it's now open for tours so people no, and investigations, they want to turn it into a B&B, &B, but uh, they're still struggling with some red tape uh, with the city on that. But they, it is open for investigations and tours. So no, and they have my book for sale in the gift shop, which is oh, nice for me. <laughs> even better. Yeah. 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 Ian and I stayed over there one night before that. That's back when it was in really rough shape and there was like no heat in the place and it was winter it was absolutely freezing we stayed in the i think it was the nanny's room by the dumb waiter it was so <laughs> damn cold I, I i didn't get out from under the covers i actually buried my head in the covers because it was so freaking yeah. cold it was warmer yeah. outside than it was in the house yep. but you know, it was funny <laughs> because uh you know ann was by the in the bed by the uh dumb waiter and i was in the other bed and in the middle of the night i heard the sound like it sounded like the dumb waiter and you know what? I was so cool. I didn't even take my head out of the covers. <laughs> and I Could can't say I blame you. I would, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. That was. Yeah. yeah, I I attended quite a few investigations when it was that cold. I remember I was uh, Marion Luoma is the caretaker, and I was there with her uh, sitting in the kitchen while another group was investigating and uh, just keeping her company. And it was like five degrees inside that house there was a thermometer in there and we were just sitting sitting there all bundled up you know there was a pellet stove in the kitchen but it really wasn't working and 
we just were freezing. So I, yeah, I did. I never slept there when it was cold. Slept there when it was hot a few times, but never when it was cold. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it would, you know, it's funny though. It didn't seem that bad when I first uh, went in, because uh, you know I knew he had an office upstairs. We did a broadcast from there one time. I think channel. 25 somebody else came in one of the other tv channels and was did this thing on it it didn't look as rough shape but uh it seemed to you know because i don't think they had the money to put into it and it seemed to go down and down after that which is a shame because they were nice people it just it was too cold yeah they they didn't have the money to fix it up and i feel like um the reason why they had such a severe haunting is because i think the ghosts were really trying to get them out so that they could pull in somebody that could fix it because the haunting has it's not subsided it's still there but it's not as negative people aren't getting you know uh pinned to the bed or you know apparitions aren't popping up in people's faces so it's it's definitely i would say softened um it's not as bad as it was yeah that's it's an interesting story uh you can fact if you want to see this story you might be able to find it on an old episode of a haunting i believe uh it was on yeah or my ghost story was it my ghost story or haunting it was on so many different shows it was on uh ghost adventures it was on ghost hunters uh my ghost story um yeah my ghost story yeah yeah it's on a lot yeah yeah the, the ghost hunters and uh ghost adventures i mean that's fine but if you want to hear this story, I really, yeah, I, yeah. I like my my ghost story because then, then you, you know, quite frankly, those were the the shows that I enjoyed the most was the the ones before we had all these real time ghost hunting was the ones yeah. where they would have uh, somebody tell this story and there'd be a reenactment of it and you know because that was the haunting that was the haunting. Uh, right. People, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting with Zach and, and the ghost hunters doing this and that, and whatever. But the real story is to to me was the haunting itself, and and I always found that intriguing. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And um, now we have a haunting, um, and yes. that that does tell some of the stories. I've actually been on that show. I was on that with Sam Maltrusis a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, with one of his hauntings, but, uh, yeah, I, I do. I agree. I enjoy those more because I really feel like they get into the reasons why the hauntings happening and the history, you know, again, I go back to the history. I love the history of these old houses and right. old towns and that really paints a broader picture for me. Yeah. The only problem with a haunted is that they always got to make it more demonic and everything. Cause we did an investigation one time and uh, they, they wanted us on a, a haunt and I wouldn't go on because I knew exactly what they were going to do. But right. Leslie uh, who was with us that night told her story. And, and, but they, but even, even the owner of the house uh, after the show came out, she wrote a book on her own saying she didn't understand where they got all the stuff because it was just right. Yeah. 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 You have to always remember that they're for entertainment and they're going to turn something into something bigger because, you know, frankly, audiences are bored with ghosts. So what's worse than a ghost? Hey, how about a demon? You know, or dimensional (laughs) or, you know, let's turn it into alien, you know, or something that it's not just to keep the people watching. So, yeah, you have to take them with a grain of salt and 
Um, I, I feel like, and you know this too, if they really filmed a true paranormal investigation, nobody would watch because they're frankly very boring. We sit around in the dark and talk to, you know, equipment half the time. Sometimes we get responses, sometimes we don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's they actually give a, a false impression what a, a ghost investigation really is. Right. Right. Yeah. So I know we are coming up to the break and I want to talk about uh, New Harmony, uh, your book on it. Uh, so maybe we can give us a little taste of that and, and possibly, you know, in the correlation with the uh, Haunted Tours. So uh, uh, do you have any events coming up? Um, yes, I, I do. I do. Um, I haven't posted it yet, but uh, I have two coming up. One on uh, Friday, the 13th of October. We're going to be oh, investigating. Cool. And then one on November 6th. So I'm doing Friday, two investigations. Friday the 13th is cool. That works. I yeah. don't know why I'm fascinated by it. By it but it's, a, it's an interesting date. So, yeah, I'll be posting those on my website within the next couple of days. So there you go. And uh, if you're in the area or you want to make a trip out there, uh, I would recommend it. So anyways, uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation uh, with uh, New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Cole. And my special guest today is Joni Mahan. And uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Galant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, become a member for three bucks a month and get access to exclusive videos and much, much more. And don't forget to check out Ghost uh, Spirit Quest now in its 13th year. Oh my God, it's been about 13, uh, which is October, no, September 28th, no, 29th, 30th, and October 1st. There you go. You can come for the day, come for the night, come for the weekend. Uh, you can find out all about it on anyghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet, and where you can find all good podcasts. And we'll be right back after the following messages with Joni Mahan. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, 
Thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, the Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Of course, that was the theme to Van Helsink. So, Joni, if you were to have a theme song, what would it be? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. Um, something spooky, that's for sure. Because that's kind yeah. of my life. Yeah, I write paranormal books and I do ghost walks. So something spooky would be good. Yeah, if I had a personal one, I think I would be on the road again. Uh, no, was it? Oh, God, I can't even think of the name now. I hate doing that. Uh, what's that one? Damn, you walk around the road all by yourself. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't think of it either. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, I know. It. That's, that's terrible. Anyways. Yeah, you need a theme song. We'll have to get you one. I remember when I first started getting involved in this, every event we did, everything we did, every every time someone hosted us, they'd always play stupid Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I've had that happen, too. Like, I've been at some kind of event, and they played the Ghostbusters theme as I come out, and it's like, yeah, that just doesn't, you know, do it for me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyway... All right, so uh, I want to learn a little bit more about New Harmony because it sounds like a really nice town and a very interesting town. So you've written a, a book on it called? Haunted New Harmony. Easy enough to remember. Haunted yeah. New Harmony. And uh, so you want to give us a little hint of what's in this book? I would love to. So I'll tell you a little bit about the history. New Harmony is the site of two former utopian societies, which is something you won't find anywhere else in the world. The first one happened in 1814. A group of German Lutherans came here escaping religious persecution, and uh, they were very purist, uh, very much like Shakers, religious, um, worked very hard. And they were here for 10 years. And after that, um, Father Rapp, their leader, felt that the second coming of Christ was going to happen. So he wanted his group to be as pure as possible. So even if they came to his group as husband and wife, they now had to live as brother and sister. So they practiced active celibacy and everybody did it. Uh, well, most people did it, which I always say they drank the Kool-Aid. So I mean, by today's standards, we probably call them a cult. Uh, but I did learn that 22 babies were born during that 10 year period. So not everybody was part of the program, but uh when he 
uh, when the second coming of Christ didn't happen, I feel like he just wanted to keep his group busy. So he moved them to uh, Pennsylvania and they set up um, their last utopian society. And that's where they died out because obviously they weren't making new little harmonists. But uh, before he left, he sold the town lock, stock and barrel to a Welsh social reformer named Robert Owen. And Robert Owen was looking to conduct a social experiment. He wanted to see if he could set up a town in a utopian um, setting where they focused on not religion like the harmonists did, but on science, uh, arts, architecture, social reform, geology. So it's more, you know, more thinking. And he brought over a whole bunch of scientists to help him. But what he should have brought over was a whole bunch of farmers and machine shop workers because nobody knew how to run the machinery or anything. And the town just really started falling apart after two years. So he abandoned it. But a lot of what he started got kind of took root. Um, and a lot of those people that he brought over ended up staying. And it was a very progressive group. This was the site of the very first kindergarten anywhere in the United States it happened in this town, this little town, a population 800. It's a tiny town. And uh, they had one of the first public school systems that educated boys and girls, one of the first public libraries, because they wanted education to be free for everybody. And back in those days, if you wanted to read a book, you had to own a book and not everybody could afford to own a book. So they opened up, they started a library. and. Um, you know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, things don't get written down, um, especially if they're not favorable for the town. But during the spiritual revolution, when all that was going on, um, one of Robert Owen's sons um, got very much into the paranormal and he started following the Fox sisters around, uh, really around the world. And he wrote two spiritual books about um, about them. And when they were found out to be frauds, you know, they were somehow managing to crack their toe knuckles. <laughs> that was how they were making the wraps on the tables. Um, he ended up in a mental institution after that, like it completely did him in. And he he never rebounded from that. I mean, he was so full on in belief of them that it just kind of rocked his entire world when when they die or when they, you know, they were proved to be frauds. But, you know, we've seen some evidence that some spiritualism happened here. I mean, different, like they found a Ouija board in the old library. And uh, there's stories about a group that used to do seances and stuff. So, you know, I, I feel like I really came here and opened people's eyes to the paranormal because they don't do that around here like they do in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I'm not the first, you know, there may have been a 200 year gap between the spiritualists, but uh, I'm kind of bringing it back to New Harmony. Have you ever done a seance in there? Um, I have been a part of a seance, but uh, I have never led one. I don't feel that I am the person to be leading one. I think it needs to be a really strong psychic medium, somebody who can take control over uh, the spiritual side of things, and I don't think I'm that person. So I'm, okay. I tend to be cautious with things like that. I don't poke bears that don't need to be poked without having a good backup plan on what I'm going to do if the bear pokes me back. <laughs> so what's your thoughts on the Ouija board then? Uh, personally, I don't like them. Um, and I know that a lot of people use them and they've had no problems. But uh, the reason why I don't like them is because the the 
the ghost in the room has to come through you to move the planchette. Like uh, people say, oh, they're just like a spirit box. And it's like, that's not true. The spirit box, you don't have to, it doesn't have to come through you to, to manipulate, you know, the, the voices. Um, same thing with, uh, you know, like a pendulum or dowsing rods, like they can control those without touching you, but you have to kind of have, they move the planchette. So it has to come through you. So that's kind of, and, and just because a lot of my mentors that I've worked with haven't, haven't recommended it because they've had bad experiences with it. So, you know what, I just leave it alone. There's plenty of other things that I like using and I don't want to introduce something, especially in a group setting that's going to cause problems for the group. Yeah. There's been a lot of research though, talking about, you said that the pendulum doesn't go through you, but in, in, I would kind of dip in with you because I know there's been a lot of research, uh, prominent research that, we do actually manipulate the pendulum and the dowsing rods. Uh, so whether it's the spirit going through you or, or your subconscious, you uh, definitely yeah. manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, I do, I, I agree with your reasoning on both the dowsing rods and the pendulum. I feel that you know the answer or, or mm-hmm. the answer's coming to you or through you. So I think, and you end up making micro movements to create the responses. But so usually you'll find the strongest medium in the group is really good with the pendulum or the dowsing rods. And somebody who is more of a skeptic or more closed off and isn't getting those intuitive messages isn't any good at all. So I don't know. What do you think? You know, it it depends on, on, on the group because like, you know, a lot of times the group energy can create that same uh, same uh, effect. Uh, for instance, uh, I took a, a spoon in the class with uh, Dr. Ang, and of course I thought it was a joke. So, but I, but I went in. Any time I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it seriously. Research it. I did exactly what he said. Everything. And sure enough, I could bend the spoons all the ways that he said, which were pretty interesting. And to me, I, I think it was the energy of the group because everybody in the group ended up doing it is that they all use their combined energy to uh, be able to do these, I'm not going to say tricks, but to get the results that they were looking for. And I think that occurs sometimes uh, in groups that are doing paranormal investigating as well. Uh, now, that's it. Now, what do you think about table tipping? I have been studying uh, the red light seance, which is physical mediumship for uh, 13 years now. Uh, every month we hold a session. So it's intriguing, very intriguing. So once again, where is that energy coming from is, an, is another story. But we, we found that uh, before it used to be an open public group, but uh, we soon... Uh, Put it, turned it into a closed group because uh, the different uh, people coming in with different agendas, uh, we were having problems with it. But with a closed group that's seriously studying, we, we you know, film it all and everything. I think table tripping is really intriguing. I'm trying to understand how the uh, early spiritualists were able to do some of this physical mediumship. And I know a lot of it was trickery, but uh, mm-hmm. that's why you, table tipping on, on the, the little tables, the little um, 
uh, what do you call candle tables. I, I'm not impressed with as much, mm-hmm. uh, but the larger tables, it's it's more intriguing. Uh, I, I first time I, well, the first time I experienced it was at Lizzie Borden, and uh, we did an investigation there, and for an extra twenty five dollars, we could partake of a table tipping session yeah and the woman that came in um i just you know i'm an empath so i'm very good at reading people mm-hmm. and i just didn't believe her from the minute i met her like i it just had trickery written all over it and yep. she she had that table tipping all over the place and then as soon as she left she left the table and we were over there and we were you know making the table move just with a little bit of moisture on your finger and and you could tip the table and make it look like you know the table was tipping itself so at that point i was very much a disbeliever and i just figured everybody that was doing it was uh it was fake and then i went to camp etna up in maine and barbara williams um psych medium you probably know who she is uh, invited me up and uh, there was a young woman there with doing table tipping and I it was just me, the woman and my friend Sandy McLeod. And I said, show me this. And she was she had like a pinky finger on it and the table was tipping and it was going all around the room like mm-hmm. there was no way she could have been moving it. And and then I become a believer after watching that. So I think it's possible. Um, but I think it's also possible to really make it look it's it's easy to fake it, but it's possible to actually legitimately do it. Yeah. If you go to uh, there was an old a movie with Sigourney Weaver years ago called Red Lights, and I'm sure it's around somewhere. And one of the things that they did, they were talking about table tipping and how it can be manipulated. And so it's a good movie to check that out and see how uh you know, you can manipulate. But anyways, um, going back to the original table tipping, I, I my first experience with table tipping was with Teresa Lolly, and uh, I took a class at Circles of Wisdom. Uh, and once again, I didn't believe in everything. And one of the things that would occur at the end of the class is the table would actually turn upside down so you'd have the legs up, and then they would go between your throat, so they would call it a hug. So uh we did the whole night of table tipping and everything and then at the end of the night the, the table was up and it was doing its hugging but every time it tried to go to me of course i would you know subconsciously no consciously i should say push it away uh eventually it got so strong that it actually pinned me to the wall but oh wow yeah it does the table upside down so it actually reverses itself in your in your hands which is intriguing itself but still you know it's a small table it's manipulative so we did yeah. an investigation at uh, Rose Island Lighthouse. In, oh, I uh, love that place. Yeah, oh, it's a great awesome. place. And yeah. we were in the room where they had that picture of the captain. I think it was Jeremy and, and Dave, who was the, the head of the organization at that time. And we did the table tip, and sure enough, you know, it did its thing and whatever. But at the end of the night, we decided to uh, said, why don't we try it upstairs? So I, my wife and I were staying up at the uh, keeper's quarters, and in the kitchen there was this big war- Oak table, four inches thick, double. Yes, I remember it. Big, heavy table. Double pedestal. And so there were seven of us on the table, seven guys. Uh, The only ones that had ever done table tipping before was myself, which is my third time. Jeremy, who was downstairs, and Dave, who had done it downstairs. So 
we did it on this huge table. We, you know, we sat there and we, we were kind of joking around and yeah, you know, and everything else. But sure enough, it started turning to almost liquid. And then the next thing we know, it started vibrating and then moving. And before long, we've got video of the whole thing because we put a camera on it. And that thing was rocking and socking and moving up and down. And wow. then at the very, very end of it, the very, very end of it, we said, okay, if can you do can you just do one more thing for you? Can you make it jump off the floor? And uh sure enough, it's rocking and rolling and all of a sudden it goes up in the air and stops, and then that's it. Totally dead. Wow. Now that's phenomenal because I know exactly what the table looks like. We I think we rented Rose Island three times, mm-hmm. uh, maybe four. So I'm very familiar with the property and that table is yeah. huge, very heavy. Like yeah. it would be hard for people to pick it up and move it. You know, if you needed to move it across the room, you'd have to have a couple big, strong people. So, so me, that's that impressive. Was the, it was one of the most, yeah, it was amazing things that I had happened to me in, in investigating. And, you know, I mean, we were doing it, we were joking around and everything and, you know, and, but still that supposedly raises the energy, whatever, but we always joke around anyway. But, uh, you know, I went back another time and uh, I went with uh, Jeremy and uh, Dave was, who was running the thing at that time and somebody else. And, and we tried to manipulate it and, and do anything. We couldn't move that damn thing. We couldn't get anything mm-hmm. out of it. So to me, like yeah. I said, we do have the video of it. So, which is, it was that, table level so you can see it and you can even see the distance like between our legs and everything so that it wasn't like you could put your knees on and get it that thing was heavy anyways but yeah it was a it was right. an intriguing. so table tipping is intriguing uh i don't know what to say as far as if ghosts the manipulator or is it just our own energy that's manipulating it i mm. really can't tell you that but uh uh it's it's definitely enjoyable if anything uh, we've been studying it, like I said, every month for uh, 13, 12, 13 years now. I forget how much long it is. And so we record every session. And we get information, by the way, which is um, you can verify it because we have somebody that sits outside and is on a computer. Uh, and we get information. They, they look it up for us and everything else. So it, it's it's intriguing. That's all I can say. So back to New Harmony. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like a really nice town. Uh, so the the second cult left, and some of the people stayed behind. And is it? I mean, what is it now? Is it a sleepy town, or is it? Uh, yeah, it's it is a sleepy town, but because of the history and uh, there was a benefactor that was here for 70 years that put a lot of money into uh, arts and gardens and um, statuary and just different things. Like we have a roofless church. It's a big uh, area with a dome in the middle and (laughs) it's a big roofless church and has a lot of really creepy statues inside of it, but a lot of weddings happen there but and at night they light it up so differently that it looks like a totally different thing at night uh and that's the thing about new harmony they did a lot with lighting like it's you see things here that you wouldn't expect to see in a little town like um there's well the roofless church is a big one uh but there's uh there's a a, a part little park called um carol's garden and it's a memorial park for 
that benefactor's daughter died and uh, she made this memorial garden with a fountain in the middle of it and if you go in there at night and you take pictures of the water in the fountain uh it looks like a woman dancing in the water and oh, wow. you know again again we go back to pareidolia you know it could be just us trying to find the shape but it's so crazy how much it looks like a woman in the water dancing so uh, just like quirky little things like that. We have a, our library is the oldest continually operating library in the state of Indiana. And they have a museum above the library and it's full of all kinds of old artifacts, but it's also haunted. So you walk up there and if you're sensitive, you're going to feel things and you know, you're definitely not alone. You feel like you're being wa- followed around, but it's got some cool little quirky stores and shops and restaurants and it's a walking town. It's it's has a lot of tree covers. So you, people come here and they just feel like they step back in time. Everything seems to move slower here. Nobody's in a big hurry. Everybody's very friendly, which as a 30 year New Englander, it was <laughs> it was difficult for me to step back into that Midwestern role where people are nice. <laughs> you know, like they wave. Everybody waves. If you're out in your yard doing something, somebody goes by, you don't know them. They don't know you. They still wave. Um, you know, it's, it's just a nice little town. It has a real sense of community. Um, I had a house fire in February and it was, it ended up, yeah, well, it ended up being minor. It wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, but within 10 minutes, I had eight fire trucks out here and, and half the town showed up. And by the time the fire trucks left, somebody had, um, donated an apartment, a furnished apartment for me to stay in. Uh, somebody went to the store and got everything I'd need, including pet food. And uh, wow. other people were helping me get my cats into the apartment. And I, it was just, and I started getting donations. People were like, I know your insurance probably has a deductible. Here's $100. And just, um, you know, just that whole sense of just, and people just showing up and saying, are you okay? You know, we were worried about you. And, um, you know, I lived in Massachusetts for 30 years and I can tell you that I never I never had a house fire but I had some stuff happen and nobody showed up like that you know like they do here so it's just a nice town it's I feel like I came in um as the weirdo right you know the paranormal investigator the one that going ooh, there's ghosts here and I really fully expected people to kind of um discredit me or push me away or make fun of me or sign something and they didn't in fact they've embraced me they love what i do they promote me um everybody's constantly saying nice things about my ghost walks and encouraging tourists to go and you know i really didn't expect that um so a lot of my success is a direct result of having such a supportive community around me so if somebody wanted to go to uh, New Harmony, uh, are there places for them to stay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, there is the New Harmony Inn, which is a really nice um, hotel. And uh, then there's a lot of different bed and breakfast, Airbnbs. Um, the best place to look at New Harmony to see if you like it or find a place to go or a place to eat is to go to visitnewharmony.com that's the town's website and it has links to everything and things to do there's a link on there 100 things to do in new harmony and uh-huh. you know we have a we have a firefly festival every summer because the fireflies breed down by the river here 
And it's something I have never seen in my life, like thousands of fireflies all the way up into the trees. It looks like Christmas lights. And it's only during June, every year during June, they mate down by the river. So uh, just all kinds of just, you know, it's like a town with, uh, we have a lot of festivals. Um, in September, the third week in September, we have a festival called Kunstfest. And it's a German festival because, you know, the germ it's named after the harmonists who came here from Germany. And it this town just gets transformed into something it's not like there'll be 200 300 vendors with little you know their little booth tents set up around town selling uh, just everything from pottery to food there's live music there's oh, wow. you know i have booths um it's just a lot of fun there's just always something going on here um never never bored like tonight um is trivia night at the uh, red geranium restaurant and i normally go to that so i'm hoping my team is doing well uh, without me, which I'm sure they are, but you know, it's just things like that. We always have something going on. Oh, sorry, I've taken you away from that. I didn't realize that. No, no, I, I would, I'm fine being here. I, I'm sure they, they probably are uh, doing much better without me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it sounds, it really does sound like a nice town, and uh, you know, the ghost tours are a good part of it, plus all the special events that you run and. Uh, I would check out uh, Joni's website and also, uh, you know, the town's website. Do you know how the town got its name, by the way? New Harmony. Yeah. Uh, it started off being named Harmony uh, mm -hmm. because that was what the harmonists, that's what they called themselves, the Har the Society of Harmonists. Oh, I thought you were just using that because that was a town. So that's what they really called themselves. Yeah, they call and then when Robert Owen bought it, he decided to name it New Harmony. So that's how it got its name. And it is harmony is a good way to describe this town. It's very harmonic. Hmm, excellent. So uh, I want to thank you for. Uh, well, actually, anything else you'd like to add? We still got a couple more minutes. I see. Yep. Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I've enjoyed talking to you and it brings me back to, you know, when I was back in New England talking about Bones in the Basement and I've written a few yeah. books since then. So, um, people want to check out my books. They're on amazon.com. I have a series that I'm really trying to get people to, to read. And it's uh, a paranormal series, um, called the Shelby and Fugly paranormal thrillers and, Fugly is a dog, so it has some humor in it, but uh, it's based on true, you know, true stories, true things that have happened, but uh, I put a fictional character in there. So, yeah, I just, uh, I would like to say, I have a lot of books on Audible as well, so people don't like to read books, they'd like to listen to them. I oh, have really? quite a few on Audible as well, yep. yep. Did you record them? No, I wanted to, but it takes a lot of equipment. And I know, yeah. Yeah, and, and a quiet house. I have five cats and a dog. I can't imagine <laughs> getting everybody quiet long enough for me to record a book. So now I hired uh, narrators to do it. Um, I Jeff, Jeff Belanger did it. He said it was one of the hottest things he ever did in his life. Anyways, we do have to go. Joni Mayam, M-A-Y-H-A-N-J-O-N-I. Uh, -E <laughs> Check out her website. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for joining us. It was great speaking with you again. We're brought to you Thanks by Circles of Wisdom. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, uh, thank you for having me. That's all I was going to yeah. say. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, not the Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. 
Thank you, Joni. Thank you, every everyone, for listening. And good night, and God bless, and be safe wherever you are, and stay away from the fires wherever they are. There's too many of them. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.